0: Hello, I'm Jocelyn Frank. You're listening to a podcast produced by the International Monetary Fund. Discussions of politics can be like the elephant in the room at economic meetings. That's according to political scientist Michael Ross of the University of California, Los Angeles. He thinks that too often economists feel they're on safer ground talking about money issues first and maybe politics later.
1: There's kind of a... um fear of talking too much about politics, at least too directly. So people use euphemisms to talk about governance and institutions and accountability and this and that. But in fact, people who are working on this topic are often very, very savvy about this the central importance of politics to what they do. They just can't talk about it very directly.
0: And what role does politics play when talking about commodity prices and commodity price volatility in low-income countries.
1: When it comes to natural resources, and particularly mineral resources including oil, governments become especially important because most of the revenues that come from these sectors are collected by governments. And so how the governments manage these is a critical part of the equation. It really determines whether or not people are going to broadly benefit from their own country's natural resources or whether is gonna be squandered or lost to corruption.
0: How do mineral and gas resources impact the political stability of low-income countries?
1: When a government collects a lot of revenues from oil, gas, and minerals, it tends to make the incumbent government more powerful, more likely to get re-elected, more able to stay in power. It often triggers conflict, violent conflict, and we see this particularly around diamonds and diamond wealth, and around oil. The typical pattern is that some resource is found in a part of the country that's the homeland of perhaps a minority, and they feel like they're not getting their fair share, which can be true often. This triggers a struggle, sometimes even a movement for independence or autonomy. And those is a very tough issue to resolve.
0: So considering those case studies that you have observed in other countries, what are some of the recommendations that you might suggest for low-income nations to try and stave off that kind of political instability?
1: There's a couple of measures they can take that that really can help. One is transparency. Transparency helps in, in a whole variety of ways, partly because when people don't really have information about how much revenue is being generated and where it's going, they're going to be suspicious that they're getting ripped off. The more transparency there is, the more people can understand exactly what's happening with the revenues. If there is corruption and misuse of the revenues, then this is a an opportunity to um, to correct that, to bring public pressure to stop this. After transparency, there's a whole different set of policy choices that governments have to make and people have to be involved with. Sometimes I think the actual policy decision is less important than how it's made. If people in the resource-rich community feel like they have a voice and feel like they have a say in how these revenues will be used, they're more likely to abide by an agreement and continue to play by the rules.
0: How important is diversification? for a natural, resource-rich, low-income country?
1: Diversification is important in all kinds of ways. One is that it helps build up the private sector. As the mineral wealth grows, typically the size of the government grows. And there's nothing wrong with that. Many great countries have large governments. But you'd like to ideally have an economy in which there are all kinds of other opportunities, too, for doing well and doing different kinds of things. And sometimes resource-rich countries wind up kind of neglecting the conditions in their private sector, people who are trying to grow and produce agricultural goods to start up businesses, to work in other sectors of the economy. If you can get a more diverse economy with more growth and more activity in the private sector, you also are going to have more forces that counteract the growing power of the government. You're going to have some checks and balances. You're going to have some forces that are outside the government um, to make sure it keeps doing the right things.
0: That was Professor Michael Ross, a political scientist at the University of Southern California, Los Angeles. He attended the recent IMF World Bank annual meetings in Washington, D.C. To hear more podcasts from additional participants at those meetings, log on to www.imf.org slash podcasts.